I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Hey there. Ever wonder what happens to all those amazing screenplays that never make it to the big screen? Well, wonder no more. Welcome to Table Read Podcast, where we bring those undiscovered gems to life. Picture this. Talented actors giving incredible performances with the occasional laugh or blooper thrown in, produced by award-winning pros. From drama to comedy, TV pilots to feature films, there's something for everyone. And guess what? We release new episodes every week, so don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Table Read Podcast, where great stories finally get their chance to shine. I make it cute, we make good food, and cocktails too, I'm here for you. Hi, welcome back to another episode of Make It Cute. I'm so happy that you can make it back for yet another episode. I'm so excited. I hope that everyone else is because it is now officially a week countdown till Christmas. Christmas is exactly a week from today, hence why I wanted to do a Christmas-themed episode that kind of encompasses all things holly, jolly, merry, and bright. I want to talk about not only how to plan your Christmas menu, not only how to plan your wrapping schedule, how to decorate your space, the difference between cohesive or themed or color schemes. I just want an all-encompassing Christmas countdown checklist. And that's what this episode is going to be about. I am so excited for you to hear about all the different ideas that we have. And we're going to try and break it down into sections. And, you know, you always listen for that recipe as well. And we have some really good holiday-themed recipes today. Hint, there's going to be eggnog involved. Without further ado, let's hop into this episode without too much background. I do want to just like quickly touch upon the fact that this year went by so quickly. It is so crazy to believe how far we've all come this year from January to February and then March when everything changed. It was 
almost like the shot heard around the world. It was like the news that broke all around the world. And then we all have been in certain situations since then. I think it's so interesting how different life is and the circumstances that we're in. And I did want to open up this episode with just talking about a couple things that you can do if you're not able to be with your family for the holiday. I know that being with family for the holiday is one of the best and most important feelings. Um, I myself will not be able to make it home for the holidays, so I can really empathize with other people in the sense of finding things to do. And what I would say is make the best out of it. I know that it's a difficult situation and that it's hard to think about the positive and think about all the good and think about all the gratitude that you should have for your daily life and the things going on. Like I know it can seem like the end of the world, but there's ways that you can entertain yourself. And if possible, see if you have a friend who's staying in the area who may be in a similar situation to you that they're not able to go home for the holidays. Because even if you are alone on Christmas, it's it's important to try to be with others if it's something that you value and desire. I have a friend who is also going to be in the area for Christmas who's not going home. So I'm planning on spending the holiday with them. But if not, I have a million alternatives I probably could have done. I'm still going to watch Home Alone. I'm still going to watch Elf, even though I don't think it's as good as Home Alone. Um, I'm not going to watch Polar Express. If you're a Polar Express fan, I'm so sorry. But um it's just a nostalgia babe like it the, you don't have good taste um regardless i'm not going to like bully people on this because we're already feeling in our feels <laughs> this holiday season but what i would say is do something nice for yourself one thing that i'm doing nice for myself in order to supplement the feeling that i would feel if i went home for the holidays is i'm getting a hotel i'm not buying a whole hotel i'm not paris hilton even though some days I wish I was because, you know, I'd love to be like low-key smart and rich. Sorry, I just had to take a moment just to, why why, why can't I be Harris Hilton? Why, why can't that be me? Regardless, I'm going to get over myself. I'm going to say that I'm getting a hotel um, just for like a weekend just to like get a change of scenery. So if you can get a change of scenery in any way, shape or form, I highly suggest that even if it is a little staycation, I know a lot of hotels are doing things to combat COVID, doing limited capacity, doing additional cleanings, um, breaking the seal on the door, whatever it may be. I think that whatever you have the means to do, do it. If you don't have the means to do that, do something else that makes you happy. Um, whether it's drinking a bottle of champagne by yourself while watching Netflix in the bathtub or volunteering your time or you're donating your money to an organization that you find like helpful and handy and valuable to yourself. There are so many things that you can do to help yourself or help others during this time. So just keep that in mind as we go into the season. So back to the Christmas countdown checklist, I want to talk about a couple things. I hit upon one thing before and that's movies i want to just like talk about some of my favorite christmas movies why they're my favorite maybe the nostalgia behind it maybe we'll have something inspired by it probably not but you know maybe stick around i want to talk about christmas movies so my all-time favorite christmas movie i think i said it was home alone i love that movie that is the one movie that i have to watch every year i can go an entire christmas season without watching any other christmas movies but I love that movie. It is so good and it is so nostalgic, but it's actually still good. <laughs> Not like Polar Express. Regardless, we're 
We're not going to bully people today. Oh, no, I'm feeling a little feisty. We'll see how the episode goes. Regardless, I said regardless a lot. I'm so sorry. I love Home Alone. I love the entire plot. I love everything that goes on. I loved um, fantasizing as a kid that I could, like, you know, beat up old men. That sounds a lot worse outside of my brain than it did inside. But um, funny thing is, I want to tell you a quick story about how Home Alone is nostalgic and inspired me. So I was moving to Georgia from um, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania in fourth grade. Uh, So I was probably about eight, nine, something like that. And we were getting ready to move. We were trying to sell our house in Pittsburgh. My friend Josh came over and we had been watching Home Alone. It was around the Christmas season. And we decided to try and booby trap the house for potential buyers. Um, Kids, yes, very active imaginations. Did it work? No, I moved to Georgia a couple months later. But did I feel like I was doing something to prevent it? Absolutely. I felt so empowered. And I think that movie, it's not meant to be like a self-empowering movie for children, I don't think. Um, Talk to the writers about it. But what I will say is it gave me so much inspiration and so much control a feeling of control in my life at a time where I didn't understand why I was moving because that was the first I had gone to elementary school and I was getting ready to finish it out and I was like why are we moving I don't understand this what is happening um but you know we we made it through I turned out pretty well and I think it, it was for the better but that's one way that home alone has kind of inspired my my life and how I think and how I act and how I react, I guess, to situations. Another good movie, and I say good, I don't say great, um, because I don't want to lie to you. That is the one thing that I will try not to do on this podcast is lie to you. Um, Elf is also a good movie. It's not a great movie, in my opinion, but that is my opinion. You may love Elf, but it the humor is a little bit too dumb humor for me. Um I don't know. It's not beneath me because that sounds like classes and elitist and just like overall horrible. But the humor is not my cup of tea. I really love the sarcasm in Home Alone as well as the physical violence. Um, I think that's fantastic. And um, while Elf is a movie that many people love and adore, um, it's not the movie for me, but that might be the movie for you. Another movie that has recently been added to the list is Krampus. Um, the movie itself is pretty horrible. I will say that, but I do try to watch it every Christmas season because I have a lot of nostalgia around it. I was a freshman in college when Krampus first came out and I went to go see it with my friends and we had a good night and we ended up like doing a lot of fun things. It was my friend's birthday and I just have a lot of good memories associated with that movie. So Krampus is another one of those movies that I try to watch every single year. Um, That is definitely on my Christmas countdown uh, checklist for things that I have to do before the Christmas season's over. Another thing on the Christmas countdown checklist that is a great alliteration. I'm so happy that I'm saying this, but um, is music. And there are probably two albums and everyone knows what they are that I feel like you have to listen to at least once during the Christmas season. You have a week to do it. Um, and that is Mariah Carey's original Christmas album that has the iconic All I Want for Christmas is You nostalgia behind this is whenever youtube first became a thing um or first became a thing to me i discovered it when i was in georgia so i guess it's kind of funny how this story is kind of picking up where the last story left off i moved to georgia and i had this friend 
and he introduced me to YouTube. It wasn't this video, obviously. It was um, this video of like Darth Maul, like cutting off Teletubbies heads or something. I don't know. We were kids. So um, judge us if you must. But I remember just kind of going home and looking up all I want, like looking up Mariah Carey because I loved her. I, I had her Equals MC Squared album. I had her Emancipation of Mimi album. I've had her Butterfly album. Honey was literally my alarm when I was waking up in fourth, fifth, and sixth grade because I had this little iPod home thing that would play the song really loud. And that was like one of the two songs that I guess had bass boosted from like LimeWire. I hope I'm not self-incriminating myself. Um, but we all remember LimeWire, you know, and um, we're all slightly guilty of potentially grabbing a song or two or a rip of Bill Clinton talking about not, okay, yep, you know where I'm going with that. Anyways, I just remember watching All I Want for Christmas is You on there, and I didn't realize that it was an older song. I just saw the music video, and it just made me so happy, and I just think about that moment in the office of my um, house in Georgia, just sitting there listening to the song, typing emails to my friends, because that's how we communicated. We communicated through landlines and emails at that point in life because we didn't have phones yet. Phones was like a fifth, sixth grade, seventh grade thing. Um, We were in like fourth grade. So yes, all I want for Christmas is you. That album is amazing. And then of course the iconic Michael Bublé's Christmas album. Those are the two albums that I think I exclusively own on CD besides probably like a couple Taylor Swift releases because um, whenever she releases song albums, I usually end up getting it. So that's another thing that, you know, I'm willing to invest in. So those are kind of like the main ones. Of course you have like last Christmas by wham and you have all the covers and a song that I think is completely slept on, but should be officially indicated as a Christmas song is Cheetalicious Christmas by the Cheetah Girls. In addition to that, um, I Wish It Could Be Christmas Every Day by Bianca Ryan. That girl was like 13 and she had the pipes of like a 24-year-old, like go off. And also on the list is The Greatest Time of Year by Ellie and AJ. You cannot tell me that does not slap. Underneath the Tree Needs to Be on Your Playlist by Kelly Clarkson. That was an iconic single that was released when I was in high school. I remember it was actually free, I'm pretty sure. Um, it was like, so iTunes used to do this free download song every week. And that's how I discovered a lot of kind of smaller artists who ended up like growing, like Haim. Their song was on the free song of the week. And I was like, ooh, I'm kind of into this. I was in my indie phase. I was in listening to the Kooks. I was listening to He Is We. I was listening to Snow Patrol only chasing cars but you know snow patrol i would claim um arctic monkeys like that was like my tumblr phase like my phase where i actually bought music from itunes so um underneath the tree was one of those songs that i really loved whenever i was growing up and super happy whenever it came on my playlist and i think that was also my alarm in high school at one point judge me if you must but i love me some christmas you know (laughs) okay moving on there is a couple of other elements I want to talk about in this Christmas countdown checklist. And the next element is going to be the meal. Like, you all knew this was coming. You had to know this was coming. This is a food and drink podcast, so we couldn't skip over the food. So I'm not going to talk about the entire Christmas dinner spread because ain't nobody got time for that. And I don't have time for that. 
I mean, I probably do have time for that, but I don't know if anyone wants to listen to that. And that could be probably like an entire like bonus episode of its own. Not saying that's happening. It's not happening. But what I'm saying is that could be a thing. Um, But I really wanted to think about something that was super easy yet delicious to put together for Christmas. And I know that a lot of different cultures have different things. I spent Christmas Eve at an Italian household one year where they had the Feast of the Seven Fishes. I have had multiple different foods during um, Christmas time, actually for Christmas dinner. Anything from Cornish hens to lasagna to a Christmas ham. Heck, even turkey one year, I think. Um, But there is pretty much one recipe that kind of stands out that I want to talk about that we have integrated into my household's Christmas meal, and that is lasagna. I know I mentioned it, but lasagna is so good. It's delicious. And I'm going to walk you through just the basic elements. And the thing about recipes that is so fun is that they are not just one thing. You can add whatever you want. I'm going to give you the basic elements of how I make my lasagna. We're going to make a cheese lasagna so then it's accessible to everyone. And then I'll tell you the meats that I would use if I'm making it with meat in it. But it's so easy. And lasagna, it's like everyone thinks that, oh, it takes forever to come together. But it really doesn't. You parboil your noodles. You have a ricotta mixture. I know. I just said it like really weird. I was thinking about... um. My friend Erica Vitrini, love her. She's super Italian. And every time she says ricotta in her videos, I just think about that. So uh, Erica, if you're listening, love you, girl, um, regardless. Um, and then some people do a bechamel. I'm not doing a bechamel because why? I don't have the time for that. I want this lasagna to be in and out of the oven. Um, and then you have a cheese layer and then you have a sauce layer. And the, the sauce I'm going to make is actually a really good sauce. It takes a minute to make, um, but I think that it is so worth it. And it's a very simple um, sauce. Like it's, it's so simple. Like it's literally like four or five ingredients, Um, but it just, you keep it on the stove for like ever. And it is just delicious. Um, so let's get into this. So what you're going to do is you're going to get some lasagna. If you are feeling super lazy, I don't blame you. And what I would want you to do is just to buy the pasta sheets that you can just bake, like that you don't have to parboil. If not, parboil them until they're just like soft enough. Like you want them to be like a little bit before al dente because this lasagna is going in the oven for like 40 to 50 to 60 minutes. So you want to make sure that, you know, we're not getting soggy noodles because that that just makes for like a weak lasagna, a weak boy. Um, and another thing that I'm doing is because I'm making it alone, I'm using less of every ingredient. Um, so this will actually be a lasagna that has like probably like two to three servings. I'm making it in a loaf pan um, in order to mitigate the cleanup and in order to mitigate like how much I have to make. So um, if you want to make it in a baking sheet, not a baking sheet, it, that's not a good idea. Just ignore me. Um, if you want to make it in like a casserole dish or anything like that, you're more than welcome to just adjust the recipe for what you need. But 
I'm making only like one layer of lasagna. Like, so this is how I make it. What you're going to do is we're going to start with the sauce. Um, so the sauce is going to cook for about two hours and it is literally, you're going to take a little bit of butter. You're going to take some garlic and you're going to chop the garlic. You're going to mince it on in a pan. Take like maybe like half a stick of butter and add that in, melt it down, add in the garlic, and then add in your tomatoes. So I like using crushed tomatoes. Um, just get like a big can of it, San Marzano's if they if you have it. Um, if you can't find it already crushed, you can crush them yourself and it's even more fun. Just be careful. Don't be like me and crush them not inside the pod and then get tomato sauce on your ceiling and try to figure out a way to clean off your nine foot ceilings um, of tomato sauce. That is just not how you want to do it. But regardless, and then also, I don't know if everyone knows this, but the recipe is written out in the description of this podcast. So don't feel like you have to like (laughs) follow along to the T. I want you to listen, but um, also like if you need to like revisit anything, the recipe is written out and uh, all the ingredients are also written out. But you're going to um, cook all that on the stove for about two hours um, until it reduces. It's going to be a thick sauce. And you can always add water or red wine to um, thin it out if need be. But we're going to get a layer of sauce on the bottom of our loaf pan. And then what we're going to do is we're going to place down our first noodle. It should be slightly wiggly, but not super li- wiggly. Um I don't really know how else to describe it. Pasta kind of has two forms. It's either hot or hard or soft. And this is like the third form of pasta where it's kind of in the middle. So take that as you will. Um, so what you're going to do is you're going to put the first layer of pasta down. And then we're going to get started in the ricotta mixture, um, which is going to be ricotta and egg. And then I do garlic powder, Italian seasoning, salt, pepper, and nutmeg. And what nutmeg does is... In a bechamel, you typically will have nutmeg grated in. This is going to give us some of the properties of a bechamel without actually having us to make a bechamel. And I like the the base and the the meat almost that um, the ricotta mixture adds because it adds a little bit a bit of height as opposed to a bechamel sauce. Um, and then on top of that ricotta mixture, you're going to spread out the ricotta mixture first, of course, on top of the pasta. And then what I want you to do is get a handful of Italian blend cheese or mozzarella. I'm just using mozzarella. Um, that's like how I do it. And that's my prerogative. Um, if you're from New Jersey, it's mozzarella, which really boils my blood. But um, yeah, I'm just going to use mozzarella. Um, you're going to spread a layer down of that and then top with sauce. Another layer of pasta. Another layer of ricotta another layer of cheese are you are you kind of getting what i'm where i'm going with this and then another layer of sauce do that until you run out if you want to have like a 40 foot layer lasagna that is up to you my lasagna is probably going to be about four or five times repeating depending upon how deep your pan is um if you're using really deep pan you're gonna need more lasagna so cook more than you think you'll need um that's my advice to you then you're going to put that in the oven covered covered yes covered um for about 40 to 50 minutes oven can be at 350 normal it works because like if you have to bake anything else like you can still bake it um 
and not have to worry about completely updating the oven temperature every time you want to take something in or put something out regardless um put in the oven 40 50 minutes take it out if it's starting to look melty then you want to uncover it and bake it so the cheese gets nice and golden on top and delicious and just absolutely yummy so that is what you're gonna do and then when it comes out you can chiffon on some fancy basil so chiffonading essentially is when you roll up the leaf and then you slice it and you get these beautiful little strips that is a chiffonade of basil um add some chiffonaded basil on top and make sure you let that thing cool you will burn your mouth and your lasagna won't set if you try and take it out like out without letting it rest let the lasagna rest about 15 to 20 minutes it's still going to be hot but it's going to be holding a shape and if it's not holding a shape i don't want it that's just like it's like lasagna salad that doesn't sound appealing do you think that sounds appealing no none of us do so that's my easy cheese lasagna um if i was going to use meat in it i would use probably some type of pork some type of beef and then a lot of people use veal but um I, I was not a big veal household so use veal if you want but the secret is use breakfast sausage as your pork you will get a nice kind of sage flavor and a nice like it, it just adds like a sense of I don't, I don't know if i'm using this right umami it's so good it is so good um so that is the lasagna you can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Do you like science fiction? I'm Carrie Bechet, and if you loved movies like Arrival or Interstellar, then you're going to want to check out my podcast, Hypothetical. On Hypothetical, we tell speculative sci-fi stories interwoven with real science. New episodes every Tuesday, available wherever you get podcasts. Moving on to the Christmas countdown checklist. I love saying that. I, I don't know if you understand the excitement that goes through my head whenever I say Christmas countdown checklist. I, I feel like I'm saying it in different fonts too. Like sometimes I say it in my normal font. I don't know. Do you ever wonder what font you speak in? I feel like I speak in Times New Roman. But like that's like not a dig at me. I think that's like a compliment. I mean, some people speak in monotype Corsova. Corsova? I, I don't think I've ever been able to pronounce that font. Um, fun fact. Really, really sad fact. Um, <laughs> but getting back into the Christmas countdown checklist. See, there was another font. Let's get back into it. I want to talk about wrapping your presents and like 
the difference between bags versus wrapping, I would say if you have a friend that, or if you're gifting to someone who you know likes to reuse things and gift it to other people, go with a bag for them. They will thank you. Because then what they can do is they can take that bag and recycle it and use it on someone else whenever the time comes. But if you're like me and you love the feeling of tearing through wrapping paper, wrap it. And there are so many guides on how to wrap your gifts. The one tip I have is I don't like sharp edges on my gifts. And when I say sharp edges, I mean, you know, when you're wrapping, let's say a box per se, if you're wrapping a box, you know how sometimes like you crunk, like you wrap the side and the top and then you're trying to wrap the the one side that has like the excess and like you have to crunch it into each other and then it makes like a point sometimes fold that point over and get a nice clean line that is the best advice i have ever received and my gift wrapping has improved a million fold so gift wrapping versus bags if you're going to use a bag, do not have just the item in the bag. Have something fun in the bag. This is a pro tip. Even if it's just like a little candy or something, I would say when you wrap a gift, you know what to expect. But when you get a bag, you don't know what to expect. So if you give someone a bag, put something small in there as in addition to the actual present because they'll feel like they're getting more and like, the excitement that you get when you're opening a big box, it'll kind of feel like that when you receive more than just the item that you thought you would receive. That definitely makes sense in my head and it makes sense out loud. So you should definitely do that. I think people will love you for doing that. Even if it's like their favorite candy bar or pack of gum because their breath is kicking or, you know, cash or something like just put something else in the bag. Um, don't be boring. And then also please use tissue, tissue paper. If you don't, I'm hardcore judging you because you went through the effort of avoiding wrapping it. And then you can't even put tissue paper in there. Like, I don't want to be able to like look in the bag like it's the Great Grand Canyon and look into the abyss and just see exactly what it is. I want a little bit of mystery. I want a little bit of surprise. I want to feel like I'm opening a Stephen King novel. You know what I mean? Like, I want to feel... I just want to feel something like I don't want to just like look and be like, wow, a massage gun. This is awesome. I don't want to be like that. I want to be like, ooh, this has wrapping paper. I wonder what's inside. You know what I mean? Like wrapping or this has tissue paper. Like, I don't know. Tissue paper like automatically makes a gift more sexy. Yeah, I'm, I'm using that word. It's fine. Get over it. <laughs> like, honestly, like I, I look into a... a, a bag and I'm like oh I don't know what's in this this is a little mysterious are you gonna murder me like are you gonna take me on a date like you know what I mean like it's a little bit of mystery and I enjoy that (laughs) so that is why I wanted to talk about the difference between bags and wrapping gifts and if you haven't gotten started on this this is your friendly reminder Christmas is in a week please start wrapping your gifts so that you're not up on Christmas Eve at 2 a.m trying to wrap gifts frantically before your family wakes up at 6 a.m. and then the gifts are kind of half-assed wrapped. I'm not speaking from experience this year, at least, but maybe in a prior life or a prior year. Yes, that is, that is experience that has once happened. 
the next item on the Christmas countdown checklist, (laughs) I love saying this, is the tree. If your tree isn't up, what are you doing? And if you're like, oh, it doesn't feel like the holidays. I don't want to put up a tree. Get over it. Put up a tree. Do it. Do it now. Like, you won't regret it. I promise. I've had my tree up since the second weekend or the first weekend of November. And it has brought me joy each and every day. Just having it. I feel more holly jolly when I wake up. I feel like saying ho, ho, ho in a black and red and white costume at the top of my lungs. I feel amazing whenever I look at my tree and my Christmas decorations. And it's such a little thing. And it really puts you in the spirit. It can really upgrade the space. So if you don't have room for a tree, get a tabletop tree. I'm sure you have a tabletop. Put it at the foot of your bed. You can make it work, but get into the spirit somehow. Get into it. You know what I mean? So that's another huge, huge, huge recommendation I have um, whenever it comes to trees. I want to talk about the difference between like a cohesive theme and like a themed room. So I have a mixture of both. I have elements of my bathroom in my main space and I have elements of my main space in my bathroom. So my decor could be seen as cohesive, but also depending upon who you talk to, it could be seen as themed. I have a heavy gold theme going on in my Christmas decor in my main living space, but in my bathroom, it focuses a little bit more in on the green and the red. So all of those color schemes are inhibited on my couch with my pillows. I have white and red pillows, red and white pillows, black and white pillows, and gold pillows to encompass all of those colors. So it's one of those things that it may seem like your Christmas decor is a little funky. And if you need to decorate a room to room and have each room have a theme, do it. It is your house. It is your decorations. And as long as it makes you happy, it is perfect. But if you want a cohesive decor, Think about your color scheme in advance. I know that it's a week before, so take what you have and only put out the things that match or that are cohesive. And cohesive doesn't necessarily mean matching. It could also translate to complementary. So I wouldn't have a baby blue and green themed. That sounds weird in my head, but it could look really good. I'm sure someone could pull that off, but I wouldn't have that theme. But my gold and my white and my creams, my reds, those all work really well together. So just keep that in mind. I want to talk about the cocktail. I know there's no transition and I didn't build on the transition for this. So I just want to have y'all start thinking about getting drunk and getting crunk. And the way I want to do this is via cocktail. So I was... I was debating about this cocktail because I was between two cousins, I guess I would say. Cousin number one is eggnog, American, classic. Everyone knows her. Maybe she goes to your school. And then we have the exotic cousin, Coquito. And Coquito is kind of like, it's a Puerto Rican drink that has like rum and coconut and evaporated milk and condensed milk and it's like eggnog sister like it's like you know they're not twins maybe they're cousins yeah i'll go with the cousin analogy still but i was debating this but i did not feel like making coquito today so we're going with eggnog because you can buy that already made and it's also super easy to make it 
I'm not going to tell you a recipe to make it. You can Google it because you're an adult. I hope. Anyways, we're going to make a spiked eggnog. That's the only way I want to drink my eggnog. If my eggnog's not spiked, I don't want it. Unless it has chai extract in it from Starbucks. I love that eggnog chai. Getting back to it, what you're going to do is you're going to grab a glass and you're going to fill it with ice. And then you're going to pour in your eggnog. We're not shaking this, we're stirring it because eggnog's super thick, like she a thick queen, and I don't like how slowly she strains whenever you shake her. So I am going to stir her in the vessel that we will be consuming her. So I would say about four to five ounces of eggnog, and we want this to be a little strong. So what we're going to do is I love the taste of coffee with eggnog, so we're going to do an ounce of Kahlua or coffee liqueur but Kahlua. And then we're also going to do an ounce of rum chata, right? It, And I told you rum chata would be making a comeback because I used it a couple episodes again. And I want you guys to be able to not only use these ingredients for just one episode, I want you to buy it and then have multiple options for things that you can make. So we're going to do an ounce of Kahlua, an ounce of rum chata. And then if you want, you could do an ounce of cap as well. That'd be delicious. I am trying to still be able to walk after two glasses. So I'm going to opt not to do that. But that is something that you definitely could do. And then what you're going to do is you're going to throw a whole cinnamon stick in there. Why? It's for the aesthetic. It doesn't do anything for it. It doesn't do anything for me. And then you can top it with more cinnamon. Or if you're feeling like a little spicy, you can top it with some nutmeg. Um, If you're feeling extra spicy, you could top it with a little bit of allspice. I know. It's like all the spices. Spicy. Anyways, getting back into it. Um, That is it. That's the cocktail. And it is so easy and it's so delicious. And like I said, if my eggnog doesn't have some type of alcohol in it, I really don't want it. Um, So, you know, either go heavy-handed pours. You can do an ounce and a half of each if you want three ounces of alcohol at the end of the day. Or you could do three different types of alcohol. Like I said, you could do cap in addition to Kahlua and rum chata. And this is going to remind me of like an iced eggnog latte from Starbucks. Just what it should be. I hate wasted potential. So we just had to, you know, bring it up to speed. And that is the cocktail for this episode. The final thing I wanted to hit on for this Christmas countdown checklist right? I said that in a completely different font than I did it before, and I'm not mad about it. But last thing I want to hit on is just a theme that I've talked about in multiple episodes, and that's gratitude. Be grateful and in the moment all the time and live fully and just kind of like understand the blessings that you may have. And I know that there's a lot that we missed out on this year and there's a lot of circumstances that we didn't foresee, but I believe that you have the ability to step outside yourself and understand that not only is everyone else going through it, but we're nearing the end. We're nearing the finish line. Well, nearing the end, that sounded really dramatic. We're nearing the finish line and it's not going to be like this for too much longer, hopefully. I believe that we are on the rise to something beautiful. And I'm so excited to see where it takes us. I will talk to you next week on Christmas. And I'm so excited 
to have you tune in for another episode. But until then, I won't see you till then. So Merry Christmas if you celebrated. And I cannot wait to see you next week. Bye. Hope you had a good time. If so, then please subscribe and leave a review. Because this podcast is new. We drink, we eat, we laugh out loud. My name is Miles. That's all for now.